Amelena Salinas, software engineer and host of the Women in Tech show, technical interviews with prominent women in tech. For more information about the show, go to wit.fm. That's wit.fm. Thank you. Advancements in hardware allow us to get better measurements and insights about our body movement. Nan Wei Gong, CEO at Figure 8, explain how we can obtain useful measurements about our body movements and how these can help us improve our health. We talked about the concept of movement intelligence and the technical components that are used for it. Nanway also explained how she and her team are building a digital health platform and how they collaborate with people across many different disciplines. At the end, we talked about entrepreneurship. Before we continue with the interview, I wanted to tell you about the 5-Minute Mentor podcast. This is a podcast where you'll hear advice from prominent authors, entrepreneurs, artists, and more in five minutes or less. Check it out by going to mentors.fm or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts by searching 5-Minute Mentor. Thank you. Nanwei Gong, CEO at Figure 8, is joining us today. Nanwei, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to have you. And I'm really excited about what we're going to talk about, which is movement intelligence, human movement, the kinds of insights that we can get from this. First, I want to begin by talking about the fact that you've been working extensively in these areas of the analysis of human body movement, hardware engineering, working with sensors a lot. In terms of your trajectory in your upbringing, what were some of the things that led you on this path? So I've always wanted to, like, I'm fascinated about building your own gadgets as a kid. And it really led me to, like, you know, continuing going through engineering school and going through graduate school to really understand, you know, how do you design something, especially like a sensor sensor system from scratch? And how it led me to, you know, hardware engineering and how to build um, body sensing network. That is like a new type of system. So about engineering, like I wanted to build gadgets and how I came here and started figure eight. It really started from when I was a graduate student at the MIT Media Lab. My advisor, Joe Paradiso, he is the pioneer of you know wearable computing. And there are so many projects from our group, including like, you know, smart shoes from the 90s and the long collaboration between the sensors that we designed and with the Massachusetts Journal Hospital, um, with their gait lab, with their sports science lab. And uh, that really opened up the knowledge and also the interest in combining technology and movement analysis. And you said this was at MIT, right? Mm -hmm. So I did my PhD at the MIT Media Lab and uh, our group, the Responsive Environments Group, started building these wireless sensor network and um, like wearable computers from the 90s, really. So there's a long history of us building these wearable computing networks. And as I was mentioning earlier, and just to add on to what you're saying, you're working a lot in wearables, working with the Massachusetts General Hospital. I want to start talking about movement intelligence, which is the main focus of your work and your company. Can you explain what movement intelligence means? Mm -hmm. Yeah, really. So we are a platform, a digital health platform to objectively measures and tracks body movement. And um, we, we look at all of the methods today 
for identifying movement dysfunction, mainly when you walk into PT clinics or you go to an orthopedics doctor with like my personal experiences, my back pain, or there are many different injuries. And physicians today, they don't have a tool um, at every point of care to objectively assess and score someone's movement. Instead, there are many different protocols that includes a visual assessment of how you move and hands-on assessment of how your muscle is activating. And there is a lot of subjectivity in these assessments. So figure eight is not creating a new field of medicine or new field of movement assessment. Instead, we want to be the company that creates a new standard of care for people to understand how to assess movement and how to collect this information in a large database so that we can use these data to help clinicians to make better decisions, help trainers to create better personalized uh, programs, and help everyone to move better. You mentioned that when you were looking at how things were done currently, that there's a lot of subjectivity in some cases. Can you give an example of an insight that you would classify as being subjective? Um, for example, if there are many protocols that's in medicine today that ask you to, like, we measure your range of motion, um, you look at someone's gait, you try to give people a score during the rehab program. And uh, these are all clinicians giving people scores, um, sometimes from zero to 10, sometimes from one to three, and then ask the patient, how do you feel today from the scale of zero to 10? So these are all very subjective. And um, assessing movement or pain with a number that's self-assessed, it's really hard to quantify. And a clinician that gives you a six in your gait, would, like, it doesn't mean a lot for another clinician to see this number because there could be many different conditions, including, you know, it's just the angle of how you're seeing things um, and the experience of the clinician. So it's just really hard to quantify and send a report from one clinic to another clinic and to be read the same way like a blood test or an x-ray because there's no tool that really helps you to digitize this information in high um, resolution and in a standard that everyone agrees on. So you're talking about how some of these metrics come from the individual itself, like how do you feel from one to nine? And yeah, I could see that how that is very subjective. And what you're trying to do is make this more objective, more data driven. What are some examples of metrics or measurements that you can do with, with technology? Yeah, for example, just from one squat. Um, if you have a personal trainer, this is something that you will be asked to do a lot because um, just from one activity, you can see someone's balance. You can see the symmetry of movement. You can see from the movement pattern, different joints and the, the different uh, alignment of your body will show different risks or different you know weaknesses of your body. From a squat, for example, a trainer, a clinician, either athletic or just, you know, clinician in a physical therapy setting. And they will look at the alignment and see if you can keep your body in the same line. And uh, if your knee is unstable, then maybe it's because you have an injury on different segments of your body. For example, your hip or your knee, 
and it could be an indication of a higher risk uh, for your an ACL injury or a higher risk of uh, you know getting tear, a hamstring injury. And um, for these are like just preventive health. You're looking at how someone moves and give them suggestions on how they can train and move better to prevent injury. But for like someone going through a rehab program after a surgery, then you want to see how they are recovering over time. And the recovery over time is really hard to quantify because people are very forgetful. And um, you always um, forget like how much improvement you have made over time. So now we have a really, really objective, really easy way to quantify you know, after you have a, a knee surgery. Now you gain range of motion. You gain a lot more strength in your quadricep muscle or you are not gaining the strength that you should be gaining. And uh, for people that's in your demographic, going through the same surgery after three months, you are in like 95 percentile or 10 percentile. And here's how you improve. So it's a really, really big problem because it's something that everyone could experience from time to time, but there's no center. So a lot of these symptoms are not uh, being looked at. And uh, over time, these tiny symptoms of movement dysfunction becomes something more serious or you become high risk of getting these injuries without proper preventive care. So we really want to be in the spot where we want to help everyone move better. We want to uh, create a new standard of care. So you get better outcome for the hospitals, for the health uh, care, but also everyone can stay healthy without worry about getting injured as much. Exactly. And you mentioned earlier that you started noticing this because yourself were experiencing some pain, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had chronic back pain and I suffered a lot. I couldn't sit still and um, it got to a point where I was really concerned because my lower back on the left side, just one spot hurt a lot and I can't explain it. So I went through a movement assessment and I realized that, um, so it's a camera network, 3D camera. It's an hour long process and it turns out uh, through my gate, through the way I move, you can see clearly from the data that um, I am putting all the weight on my left side of the body and um, I have a stronger side and that is like almost 20% difference in the muscle, like in, in how I'm activating it. Um, so with that information, immediately mentally I just like, you know, I'm, I'm more aware of my posture and how I move. And I focus on training the weaker side, so I'm more balanced. Um, and very quickly, the one side uh, pain point disappeared. And um, so it's, it's just tiny things that adds up. But even when, like right now, I'm sitting, but my body, all of the muscles on my body, like they're working together to keep me sit up straight. So we're constantly moving. And these tiny deficiencies, these tiny movement dysfunctions, they really add up over time. So to identify them in a really objective way, to understand our body movement with like how I compare with people like me, uh, for me, the longer term goal for us really is to become the largest database of human body movement. And it will be like, um, like a genetic testing companies like 23andMe, where um, you run through an assessment and you get a full report of all the potential 
risks or the ways that you can improve through your lifestyle, through exercise, um, and uh, how, how you can be overall healthier uh, with these information that's not available for everyone today. That's great. And before we get into talking about the technology, just wanted to touch on other applications. Right now, we've talked about various health-related applications, one of them being preventive health, training yourself to move better, get insights from that. The other application in health that we talked about is when you had an injury, sort of walking through that recovery process and measuring and improvement. Are there other applications of movement intelligence outside of health-related? I would say there are disease-related and there are ergonomics-related. Starting from the disease-related topics, there are many neurological disorders where the symptoms are in movement disorders. For example, Parkinson's or ALS. These are very serious conditions and um, you can track and you can sort of see from the movement patterns like the tremor of your hand, the gait of someone walks, and um, also from muscle rigidity. And these are neurological disorders, but we are seeing clear path of using your movement as a way of dynamically changing the treatment plans and uh, also give real-time feedback how different treatment plans are working. And this is very common in medicine where like because the individual variance is so high, you really need external data to continue uh, monitoring and modifying the treatment plan as a whole. So uh, we see very, very impactful applications in that regard. In terms of ergonomics, that's not medical related. I am sitting on a chair that I bought because it looks fantastic. I know that I have back problem, but there's no way for me to evaluate how the chair that I purchased is going to make my back, like it's perfect for my back, my posture, my height, and the, the height of my table. So it's very similar to how I mentioned that uh, we're not creating a new field because these are all existing protocols, existing suggestions from the clinicians. But now we have a way to really quantify and, um, and set up the standards of how we are interacting with our environment from chairs to shoes that I buy to, you know, the, the bed. And we run a few pilots and we can really see a huge difference between the options objects that interact with our, you know, body movement. One example is in different shoes that you wear, uh, especially like, you know, I buy heels and uh, I know it's probably not so good for me, but um, there's no way for us to evaluate different brands of shoes and how they really put pressures on your body. So as an experiment in our lab, we asked our lead scientist, uh, Dr. Donna Scarborough, to put some sensors on her lower body and wear running shoes, wear high heels and just bare feet. And to my greatest surprise, just a few steps, we immediately see how much high heels is putting a lot more pressure on the calf muscle. And this is very, very interesting because just imagine now we are able to evaluate like 10 different types of shoes by seeing how your body is reacting to how you walk in them. And all of the te existing technologies for measuring like different types of shoes are focusing on the bottom of your shoe, like the pressure distribution, as opposed to, like, you know, 
how it really affects the rest of the system, which is the rest of your body. So we're pretty excited about uh, these type of uh, ergonomic related applications and uh, see a lot of potentials in that as well on top of the, all of the digital health platforms. Exactly. And like, just to highlight what you said earlier, the goal in your vision is to be, you know, the large database of human movement. For this, you need to understand the body, the movements, gather measurements. So I want to help people understand the technology and, and the technical components that need to be in place to be able to measure and track this movement. Can you describe what the solution looks like, what the components are? Yeah, absolutely. So we are, the form factor really borrows the concept from kinesial tapes. Have you ever seen the tapes? Um, they are athletes. You see them when, if you're watching the Olympics, bright color tape in different segments of your body. And the idea is how do we create a system where that captures the muscle information and also the movement information, uh, like the joint angle movement of each segment of your body. So it's these strips of almost like a tape solution that, that has sensors with tapes that anchor on your body. And um, so we are a fully integrated solution where we start from sensor design on how to capture movement physics from a, you know, accelerometer, gyroscope, magnetometer. And we created a preparatory way of measuring muscle information with a muscle deformation as the uh, way of capturing this information. Um, so we created our own sensor system and spent the past two and a half years really converting on these movement physics information to biophysics information. So it's a sensor network that can tell you how your movement and muscle activity is correlated in the same uh, time. And uh, with a network of these sensors that's like tape on different parts of your body, we're able to get biomechanics output and really to see like, oh, this is how you walk. This is how you jump. This is, you know, the timing, the sequence, the force, the amplitude, and convert that into like terms that we use to describe movement, like your flexibility, your mobility, and, um, and then interpret those signals into higher level information that everyone can consume very easily with suggestions on how you can improve your overall health. So there's the sensor part, and there is a very, very intuitive um, iOS app that allows you to select the area of interest and the type of assessment and the software will give you a list of activities that generates these biomarkers of movement and allowing us to abstract information to generate these output so that that's a full system hardware and software and uh, the end result for everyone is in report of your body health and would people apply the sensors themselves or just, you know, go somewhere and have those uh, values measured? Yeah, so currently our first target is really as a companion, a diagnostic companion, a training companion that helps the movement experts to perform their jobs with a tool that makes it easy and, you know, accurate to, for movement assessments. So you will go to a physical therapy 
clinic or you will go to a training center and people will assess you and help you to generate your report that uh, it's personalized for you. And that is the beginning of how we're implementing the technology and educating uh, the market on how to use it and how to consume this information. In other in interviews that you've done, you mentioned that you've always tried to keep this low cost. In general, what are things that can be changed to keep a product low cost? What are some of the things that you can look at? Yeah, so I think going back to the 90s, this is a very interesting story on how, why 1997, 98 is the year where wearables becomes a, a research topic. Um, it's because that was about the same time when there is a radio that's available um, and you can fit a computer in your backpack. So that's the time. And now I think there's like all these microprocessors that's so powerful that you can process many information and store them locally. You have uh, Bluetooth, but then you have all these new Bluetooth protocols coming out. So keeping these things low cost really, especially a medical device or a medical platform, it requires the consumer electronics developers and engineers like me and my co-founder Tim Ray. We don't come from the medical world. We never worked in a medical device before, but people like us developing with people like Donna really is the uniqueness of our team because we know how to use the protocols, the supplier, and also the, you know, the whole ecosystem of a consumer electronics um, device. And we are bridging the gap between the digital health to consumer electronics. So keeping the cost low really is um, depending on what perspective do you have on developing technology, right? If you're an aero physicist and you develop satellites and then the set of protocols, suppliers and everything is very different from if your main world, your world is about consumer electronics. So I think with that in mind, we figure out how to use the latest technology that dramatically scale size down, like the form factor. It helps us to develop something with, you know, vendors that is Like they're used to develop consumer-facing product, and we work with physicians, clinicians, and hospitals to uh, meet their highest quality standard to develop this platform. So I think that that's a differentiation of our company. So it sounds like it's a highly cross-discipline uh, team mm -hmm. of people. Yes, we're really a diverse team. Before we finish, I want to talk about entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. You've started three companies Can you give an overview of the area of the companies that you've started before? Yeah, absolutely. So as I mentioned, I went to school at MIT Media Lab. And uh, the last year of my PhD, a few of my friends and I started a company called 3DEM Tech. And that's when I first uh, had the idea of being an entrepreneur. We went through the MIT 100K competition and uh, the company really is about 3D gesture sensing and how can we use very, very low cost time of flight camera to get the 3D finger gestures in midair. And that was in 2013. And so that's the first company we started. It was acquired shortly after that. So the second company 
we focused on how to bringing like technology and all these innovative uh, development high risk projects to bigger companies. So it's a consulting company that has a group of researchers and engineers, such as myself, and working with big companies in their you know moonshot projects. So we work with Google, we work with Samsung, we work with Microsoft, and that was three and a half, almost four years of like, my career is. Working on these type of projects, so Figure Eight is a company that we started in 2017. So we're almost three years in business now. Throughout your trajectory starting companies, what would you say has been some of the most useful entrepreneurship support that you've gotten? So I think the community is very, very supportive. We have our company is a VC backed. One of the funds is the MIT E14 Fund, and the E14 Fund has been working, like helping me continuing like a connection with the university. And there is a lot of mentorship, a lot of connection with all the sponsoring companies of MIT. So that type of support, I think, is very unique and very, very, very helpful for a technical founder like me. Well, Nanwei, thank you for taking the time and come on the show. It's been a real treat talking to you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. 